Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. I shared about how to get revelation from God. And I felt that it was necessary to share that because I knew that many of us would receive revelation uh, specifically in our prophetic conference. I knew that this would be something that God would, would use as an opportunity to impart understanding, truth, revelation, whatever you were hungering for. I knew that God would speak to you. And so I believe that as revelation has been given to us, we're going to be, a proper, we're going to be properly stewarding that. I want to show you how to move forward, though, in the revelation that God gives you. And so I want you to know that every time God gives you a word, every time God speaks something over your life, every time you feel that the Lord is breaking something in your heart, something is being molded, something is being shaped, every single time that that happens, something else happens in that moment. And that is that God gives Satan permission. He gives him permission to test what God has placed in you. And so, generally speaking, what happens when people experience the power of God, they experience a move of God, they experience the word of God, they experience a promise of God, something follows that. And what is that? Resistance, doubt. What follows that? Temptation, distraction. And so, while we're in the glory and while we're experiencing God, I want you to understand something. God gives Satan permission to test what has been sold into your hearts. He gives them room and space to contest it. And every single time a revelation is given to you, every single time understanding is given to you, every single time a promise is confirmed in your heart, every single time, I want you to understand something. It will be contested. It will be tested. It will be headwind that you experience. I want you to know that. In fact, when Adam and Eve were created, God spoke a word over them and he said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over everything that you see. And he also said, let us make man in our own image. So God bestowed an identity on mankind that man will be made in the image of God. What you see next is that Satan shows up on the scene and he, and he says, listen, why don't you partake of this tree? For if you partake of this tree, you will be just like God. In other words, he was presenting a half truth. And that is, hey, if you take of this, something will be different about you. And that thing that will be different about you is that you'll be just like God. What he, what he failed to tell them is that they were already like God. Every time a revelation is given to you, every time understanding is given to you, every time an identity is bestowed in your heart, it will be tested. So just by a show of hands, who here has received a word from the Lord, even if it wasn't last week, but just a time maybe recently, God spoke a word in your life. Think about that. A word of promise, anybody? Who here has felt encouraged? The Holy Spirit spoke to you, felt encouraged to go forward. You felt that God was giving you a little bit of grace to move forward in something. All right. So 
When that happens, something else happens. I want to camp on this because I want you to really understand because a lot of times what happens is that people get thrown off when there is distraction or pushback with what God has shared with them. So when that happens, I want you to expect pushback. How do you overcome distraction? First and foremost, expect it. When that happens, when a word comes to you, when revelation comes to you, when an identity is given to you, when revelation of who you are is given to you, I want you to know immediately after it will be tested. This is why Jesus is called the second Adam. Why? Jesus had to undo everything that Adam messed up. And it started the same way. Adam was tempted with food. Jesus was tempted with food as well. Jesus was in the wilderness. What did Satan say? If you are the son of God, command these stones to be made into bread. But when did that happen? That happened right after an identity was bestowed upon Jesus. You'll see the chapter prior. The Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus and a voice says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Jesus is about to be baptized. He goes in the water. John the Baptist baptizes him. The Holy Spirit comes upon him and a voice says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Immediately after a question comes up, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Why? As soon as a word is given, the word will be tested in your heart. So we all have to be diligent and proper stewards of what God reveals to us. And so I have a great word. For, I'm, this is not even the message, but I just I just want to set it up that way because I have a great word for you that God wants you to move forward in the revelation that he's given you. Every single time a revelation is given to you, it will be tested. So let's just by a show of hands. Everyone pretty much raised their hand to say that they received the word, they were encouraged by something. Who here has now received pushback from that word? I believe it was Lynn's mom. It was, it was her mom, actually, who um, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. She received healing for her back, right? And we prayed over her back. And immediately, she didn't feel anything. But she said something very powerful. She said, you know what? It's okay. I believe I received. And as soon as she left, I guess maybe the next day or whatever, the back pain completely gone. Here's where we miss it, though. If something is not changed immediately, or we feel the same, or we think the same, we come to the wrong conclusion that nothing has happened. I want you to know that whenever the Lord bestows a word in your heart, gives you a revelation, establishes an identity of who you are, something has changed. You are different. And so you need to move forward in the revelation that God has given you. So let me share with you what I have for you today. Revelations. Turn with me. To, uh, actually, we'll start with the book of John. John chapter 18. Now, Jesus is about to be betrayed by Judas. He knows this. He knows that he's about to die. He knows that the end of his ministry is at hand. He knows that everything that he has come to accomplish is now coming to an end. 
and he's about to face the gruesome death of a crucifixion. So this is, really, this is where we are, John 18. And it says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. These guys weren't playing. They were expecting a fight. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward. Somebody say, went forward. I love that. Went forward. Here's where I think many times we could miss it. When opposition shows up, we start to doubt the call or the word that was spoken to us. When difficulty shows up, we start to retreat and say, well, I guess I heard wrong. I was expecting it to be smooth sailing, so I guess I didn't hear from God. Jesus, the Bible says, went forward into the opposition. They're coming with torches. They're coming with lanterns. They're coming with weapons. They're coming to kill him. And what does he do? He goes forward. And he said to them, whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. I love this part. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, when he had said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. What the Lord put in my heart, very simply, that satanic pushbacks fall when you declare who you are. When you are moving forward in destiny, when you're moving forward in your call and there is opposition, what do you need to do in that moment? Not retreat, not wonder whether you heard from God. You need to declare, I am. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He said, who are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus means Savior. He was declaring, I'm the Savior from Nazareth. And immediately as he spoke these words, they drew back and fell. I want to empower and encourage you today. As you get a word from the Lord, as the Lord speaks to you, a dream, a promise, a promise for your family, for your marriage, for your children, a promise for your destiny. When opposition comes, when you experience headwind, what you need to do is begin to say who you are. Who are you? Who are you? I want you to think about that. Who are you? Because that is the revelation that you need to walk in that pushes you forward past opposition. And here's the thing. When, when you start picking up speed, the headwind starts increasing as well. Right? Think about it. If you're in a car and you've got the windows down and you're speeding, what do, you, what do you hear more? You hear more noise. What do you feel more of? More wind. The faster you go, the harder the opposition. But how do you keep going forward? Declaring who you are. Somebody say, I am he. <laughs> or I am she, whoever you are. <laughs> who are you? I want you to think about that. Who are you? There's a scripture in the Bible that says that the person who goes back to say, sinful lifestyles, they have forgotten who they were. This is what I feel the Lord wants me to just share with you really quickly. 
Some of you, there's a purge happening in your life. There's a cleansing work happening in your life. You feel the Lord really purging, cleaning, removing some things from your life. And then what happens is along the way, you trip up. And in that trip up, there's a word that you embrace. See, you're not serious with God. See, you're playing games. See, this is a joke to you. See, you're a hypocrite. See, you ain't real. And that's where you got to be very careful. The Bible says that the person who goes back, not that the person is not changed. The Bible says that they forgot who they were. They forgot that they've been purged. They forgot that they've been cleansed. They forgot that they've been changed. I want to tell you today, don't allow a mistake or you taking a step back to make you feel like nothing has happened in your life. You need to have a confession of who you are. And the very first thing that I, I feel impressed really strong to tell you is that you are God's righteousness. You are God's standard of righteousness on the earth. So how am I going to go forward with this? I'm right. I'm God's righteousness. I am God's standard of righteousness on the earth. Second Corinthians 521 says that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we can become the righteousness. Who are we? The righteousness of God. You're the righteousness of God. I thought I changed. I thought God delivered me. I thought I was set free. I thought that I was no longer going to go back to this. That's right. But what do you need to say? Who you are. Your confession is what you need to push past headwind. Who are you? I feel very strong to say this also. Be very careful about when people confess certain things to you as well. The Bible says that we should be very careful how we restore people. We should be spiritual and restore people. But sometimes people's confessions can turn into your obsessions. What they are going through, and they very graphic and very detailed about it, can now become a, a, a place of temptation for you. And you start locking in on certain things. No, be very careful because Satan is very cunning. And he will try to bring you back into certain things by using other people's confession. Understand, people's confessions can turn into your obsessions. So you need to be wise in what you're listening to. And be going to say, I am the righteousness of God. That's who you are. You're the righteousness of God. Why don't you do that? I'm the righteousness of God. Why don't you go there? I'm the righteousness of God. Why did you do that? I forgot I was the righteousness of God. Why, aren't you, why are you not going to continue? Because I'm the righteousness of God. I am he. That's what Jesus said. Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. Immediately they fell back. I just feel impressed upon my, upon my spirit. You need to be confessing who you are in the name of the Lord Jesus. How many people can say that you're the righteousness of God? You're the righteousness of God. 
Your confession is so important in pushing past things that want to hold you back. You're going to accelerate with revelation, but you need to have a confession of who you are. Who you are is what is critical in moving forward in what God has called you to be. We have a lot of confusion today, even in our sexual identity. I'm very, very clear about this. I'm going to be very, very, I want to be truthful with you. God has a plan for your sexuality. He does. I'm not here to bash anybody. I just want to let you know, God created sex. Do you know that? And you may, you may be arguing or, 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 or thinking that this is wrong or this is right or this is how it should be. I'm not going to even get in that with you. What I, what I want you to do, when actions, I want you to ask yourself a question. Have you ever submitted your sexuality to God? And allow what he says to be your confession of what you are. There's a lot of confusion, even when it comes to gender. Right? Come on, we know what, we, we know what time we're living in. How do you walk free from confusion? Start saying who you are and stop talking about how you feel. How do I walk in love towards my spouse? Stop saying how you feel and start saying who you are. I'm a man of love. I'm a woman of love. This is who I am. Why? Everything that God has put in you, everything he's put before you, everything that he's laid out before you for your destiny, it will be tested. How will you win in that? You must have a confession of who you are. Judges chapter six. I like this scripture. This is where Gideon has a, uh, an encounter with the Lord. Looking at verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What was Gideon? What was he? Isn't it interesting that before he gives him a message, before he gives him a mission, before he tells him what you're going to do, because he begins to tell him what you're going to do. You're going to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of the Midianites. I'm going to do great things with you. But before he even tells him what he's going to do, God establishes an identity and he says, you are a mighty man of valor. Identity is so, so important. You are a mighty man of valor. And then, you know, he starts to, you know, complain. Well, if I'm a mighty man of valor, how come this and how come that? And the Lord just begins to pretty much ignore him. And look at verse 14. It says, let's read it together. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? In other words, I've already told you who you are. Now I'm telling you to go forward in the identity that I've established in you. You can move forward if you know who you are. You will be stagnant if you're confused with who you are. Glory to God. I love something that Joyce Meister says. She says, do it afraid. Why? Because I know who I am. I'm going to love people, even if I don't feel like loving people. Why? Because I know who I am. I'm going to start that business, even if I feel I'm incapable. Why? Because I know who I am. I'm going to do that ministry, even if I feel I'm not qualified. Why? Because I know who I am. Knowing who you are, having a clear understanding of who God said you are, is the thing that's going to cause you to move forward in revelation. So you're going to move forward in revelation. When God reveals something to you, 
you're going to move forward. Understand when you move forward, it's going to be tested. When it's tested, don't be surprised. Have a confession ready for it. Have a confession ready for it so that when you confess who you are, that opposition will fall back in the name of the Lord Jesus. How many know who you are in Christ? Yeah. Mighty man of valor. This is who you are. Turn with me to Exodus. Let me show you another scripture here. This is powerful. Exodus 14, looking at verse 15. Then Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I love this because if you read the next verse, it says, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I find that very funny because Moses gives this big speech about the Lord's going to fight for you. The Lord's going to deliver you. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see them again. The Lord's going to do all of this. And then the next thing you see Moses crying out to God. And God says, why are you crying to me? Stop crying. Tell the children of Israel to move forward. And this is what I heard the Lord say to me very clearly. Some of my people are crying too much. They need to stop. They're praying the same prayers too much. They need to stop. There's a time to pray and there's a time to move forward. There's a time to cry and there's a time to move forward. There's a time to ask and there's a time to move forward. This is the time to move forward. That's what God said. Why are you crying? Tell the people to move forward. Why are you asking for this again? Why are you thinking about this again? Why is this a continual cry again? Move forward. Come on, let that word echo in your spirit because that's what the Lord is saying to you. Move forward. Stop, stop crying to me about the things that have hurt you in the past. Move forward. Stop complaining about the people who overlooked you. Move forward. Because rehearsing keeps you in a place of just being in a circle around that same mountain. The more you talk about it, you just wrap around that same mountain. That same mountain. Lord, this happened. When, why did this happen? When are you going to move forward? Something I had to learn in my walk with God is that there's some things you're going to have to move forward even without you understanding why. I don't know why it happened this way, but I'm moving forward. If you make your understanding the requirement of moving forward, you won't be moving forward. Sometimes you got to say, Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand why. But I don't wait until I understand everything before I move forward. I'm moving forward anyway. You're going to move forward in revelation. Mm, thank you, Jesus. I feel so many hurts have kept a lot of people back 
from trying again. If that's you, I want you to just receive this word. The Lord is saying, try it again. Try it again. I don't care if you've gone bankrupt trying something that you felt the Lord told you to do. Move forward. Try it again. Have this confession in your heart. This time is going to work. This time is going to work. It's going to work. That's what I feel to say to you, Sophia, as I see you here. It's going to work next time. It's going to work because you're doing it God's way. And when you put God's principles and his ways before you, you're guaranteed success. Sometimes when things fail, it takes a little bit of humility on our part to say, why did it fail? Lord, where did I go wrong? The reason why I said it takes humility is because it's so easy to blame other people. It's so easy to blame other things and other circumstances. But we all are called to a higher call and say, Lord, where did I miss your voice? Where did I lean on my own understanding? Where did I lean on my own wisdom? This time is going to work because I'm leaning on your understanding. I'm leaning on your wisdom. It's going to work. Try it again. It's going to work. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Who here has started a business and it failed and you feel that it shouldn't have failed? Okay, I see a few hands. Anybody else? You started a business, but it failed. Okay. Let me ask you one more question. You started a business, it failed, but you feel like you need to start again, but you've been afraid for that reason. Okay, two hands. Praise God. It's going to work. Don't let failure be a period of the story. Turn the page. Turn the page. It's going to work. Move forward. I feel that release to tell you that. Move forward. It's going to work. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Who here is afraid of entering relationship again because it failed before? Okay. Who here is afraid of getting close to people because you've been hurt? Not even a romantic, but you're just afraid of getting close to people. I see a few hands. That's okay. Experiences, hurtful experiences, is Satan's playground. He uses those as a memory to play back, to keep you from moving forward. This is why the nation of Israel had a hard time leaving Egypt and leaving the wilderness. It's because they kept playing back how it was in Egypt. And they kept saying, oh, how we wish we were back in Egypt. And God was trying to renew their mind, saying, listen, guys, it's a new day. I want to bring you into a new place. I want to bring you to a new, a new status of living where you're no longer a slave. It may be more responsibility, but it's a new day. And they kept complaining and kept complaining. And it was their complaining that kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. It's a new day for you. 
Last thing I'm going to say, as I feel led to say this. Put away murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining keeps you in a cycle of walking around that mountain. Let me explain to you what murmuring is. Murmuring is very, is very subtle. It's not like complaining, just like, oh, I can't stand this, and I can't stand that, and they always do this, and I'm sick of this, and I'm sick of that person. That's complaining, right? That's obvious, we know what that is. They always do this, how come this never works? Oh, what do you, that's complaining, right? Murmuring is different. Murmuring is a quiet mutter in your heart. A quiet discontent in your heart. A quiet word that you rehearse in your heart of being discontented, frustrated, unhappy. A constant theme in your heart that tells you, I wish things were different. I wish things were better. I wish things would turn around. I wish, I wish, I wish. I can't stand. And you may not never vocalize it with your mouth, but it's a muttering underneath your breath or in your heart. God looks at that. It's the murmurs that keep us. It's the murmurs that keep us around that mountain. God is saying to you today, put away not only the complaining, but put away the murmuring. So I'm going to say move forward. Put away the murmuring. What do you replace the murmuring with? Giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. Lord, I thank you. And here's a key thing. Everything you're murmuring about, there is another side of, that, of, of the coin. I guarantee you there's something to be, to be grateful for concerning that murmur. So watch what you say. While you're murmuring, stop yourself and say, okay, instead of murmuring about this, what is something I can give thanks for concerning this? It's the giving of thanks that breaks you out of the stagnation of walking around that same mountain. No more murmuring in the name of the Lord. No more murmuring. Somebody say, no more murmuring. A quiet discontent, a quiet repeating of a problem, a repetitive complaint in your heart that no one seems to know, no one seems to hear. Heaven is paying attention. As we put away murmuring, breakthrough happens in your life. Thank you, Lord God, for no more. And this is, let me tell you something. This is what Satan does. He murmurs. He's a complainer. Everything that he does, everything he is, he tries to put it on you. Do you realize he's also a rejected one? So when you feel feelings of rejection, do you realize that's coming from him? Because he wants to, he wants you to feel like him. He's rejected. So if you feel rejected, understand those feelings are not coming from God. No, 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 no. You reject that and say, Lord, I know that I'm accepted in the beloved. So this feeling of rejection is not of you. I reject the rejected one. Rather than murmuring and complaining about those who rejected you. No more rejection. Let me tell you something. You know what keeps you in a cycle of rejection? Some of you, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be a hard word to hear. Some of you are magnets for rejection. You're magnets for rejection. You know why? You anticipate it. You anticipate rejection. So you posture yourself to be rejected. And you're embracing a rejected posture. How does that happen? 
your enemy, your arch enemy. I'm not trying to blame everything on the devil, but it's the fact. He's the rejected one. He wants to put those feelings on you and says, this is what you are. Your family doesn't even love you. Look at your relatives. They even overlook you. This is what you are. This is where you got to have a confession in your heart and say, no, no, no. I'm not rejected. I'm accepted. Change your posture and you'll release something from you that causes you to be accepted even by people. But if you embrace a rejected mindset, you're going to walk in the spirit of rejection. That breaks in the name of the Lord. Jesus said it this way. Everything that the Father has for me will come to me. This is why when people walked away from Jesus, he didn't say, man, I must be failing. I must be doing something wrong. No. He said, turn to his disciples. He says, do you want to leave also? His 12, he says, do you want to leave also? And they said, how can we? We have learned that you are the Christ and you have the words of eternal life. Jesus, the reason why he celebrated worldwide, universally, is because he did not walk with the spirit of rejection. He knew, according to John 6, 37, everything that the Father has for me will come to me. The same is true for you. Everything that the Father has for you will come to you. That needs to be your confession. So when one door closes, it's okay. What the Father has for me will come to me. One person walked out of your life, that's okay. What the Father has for me will come to me. I got fired, no problem. What the Father has for me will come to me. And he said this, I will not cast it out. I will not reject it. So that's your responsibility. Because some things the Lord is sending, but you cannot reject it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to have this confession of who you are on the inside. Who are you? Who are you? I said the first thing you are, you are the righteousness of God. You need to have that confession. You need to understand that God has made you like him. So whenever you feel different from him, you need to reject that and say, no, I am God's standard on the earth. If you want to know what is right, look at me. In fact, that's my new confession. I'm right. <laughs> I like that. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right with God. I'm right. That's who I am. That'll keep you from sin. That'll keep you from sin. I remember, I've shared this before. I share it. Believe me, it's not easy, but I share it because I want to help some people. I used to struggle with pornography. I haven't watched pornography in years. And the reason why is because I started to embrace who I am. I embraced who I am. I'm right. I know what it's like to be on a computer and seeing things that you shouldn't be seeing. And then you walk away like, oh, you feel dirty. You feel like, oh, how can I watch that thing? And then the same, the, the, the same tempter who tempted you to say it's okay, you should. Why don't you? It's the same tempter that's saying, you stupid idiot. Why did you? You understand that? Why did you? Come on, it's okay. God, you know, God will forgive you. He's gracious. Okay, I'll do it. And then, man, you idiot. You ain't, you ain't right. Look at you. I know what it's like to be in that place. And the reason why I can stand here to say it's been years since I've been in that place is because I've embraced who I am in Christ. 
And I, I don't say this jokingly, I say it really seriously, in that when I say, if I walk in righteousness, it's because I know who I am. And if I don't, it's because I forgot who I am. I don't relegate, I don't relegate what I do to who I am. That's the difference. I know who I am, that's settled. So if I'm walking in it, it's because I'm clear about it. If I'm not, it's because I forgot it. That's all you, gotta need. That's all you need to do is remind yourself who you are in the name of Jesus. Another thing, I, I, I shared this before, but it'll help you. I stopped counting how long it's been. I mean, I know generally, but I stopped counting. I used to count down to the week, three weeks, four weeks. I, no, that, that, I stopped doing that. Lord told me, stop doing that. Why? The more you're counting, you're building up this thing as if your liberation happened a year ago, two years ago, three weeks ago. No, it happened 2,000 years ago. That's what you need to remember. Your freedom comes from the cross, not the day you found out that you were free. That's how you walk in freedom. You tie it to what Jesus did. So that's my confession. That's my confession over myself. Glory to God. You want to be a generous person. Some of you, I feel this very strong. There's a spirit of stinginess on you. And the reason why is because you're afraid of lacking. God wants to give you a generous heart. He wants you to feel generous. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on some toes now. But I'm, I'm almost done. This is what you do. Because I'm made in the image of God. I have a generous soul. I'm generous. I love to give. I'm liberated in my giving. There is more where this came from. I cannot be tapped out. I cannot be exhausted. I'm tapped into an inexhaustible source in the name of Jesus. Now, I'll be wise and do th certain things a certain way, but I will not be afraid of poverty. I will not be afraid of lack. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I just feel some people here right now. I could call you up, but I won't. You're, you're, you are, you are, you're afraid of poverty. I see that so strong in my spirit. You're afraid of lack. And let me tell you, like I said before, what you fear losing, you will lose. What you fear losing, you will lose. So if you don't want to lose it, don't be afraid. Give it, this is why Jesus says, fear not. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is in John 12. You know, what, you know the next thing he said? Sell all you have. Give to the poor. He was trying to break the spirit of fear. He says, you want to walk free from the spirit of fear? Give away what you're afraid of losing. That's how you walk free. Glory to God. So the spirit of poverty, I break it in the name of the Lord Jesus. The fear of poverty, I break over your life. I felt it before. I, I know what it's like. Oh, I, I was sharing this at our, uh, our marriage talk um, yesterday. And I remember when I bought my first house, it was a big decision. And I felt the Lord put a word, a confession will keep you moving forward. I was praying. I was like, I'm, I, I did it in dramatic fashion too. I remember my wife was downstairs and I was praying. I said, Lord, should we go forward with this house? Should we go forward buying this house? Because I was afraid. I never even paid, I never paid a, a water bill before. I didn't even know what a water bill looked like. 
You know what a Con Ed bill? I never paid a cable. I never paid any bill. And much less now a house. And I remember the Lord said, go forward. And there was a word that came to my spirit. It'll be no stress, no strain to maintain. I walked downstairs and said, babes, no stress, no strain to maintain. That's our confession. And so every time that mortgage came, every time that electric bill came, every time National Grid came, I know the bills by hand, you know, every time any one of those bills came, no stress, no strain to maintain. I'm moving forward. Your confession is what arms you to move forward. The Bible says that the pilgrims, they walk confessing that this is not our home. This is, not our, this is not our destination. We seek a country far greater than this. They had a confession. This is why they were able to walk through the land to say, this is not my final resting place. This is not where the story ends. I'm here to tell you where you are is not where the story ends. And that needs to be your confession. Where I am is not where I will be. God has far greater for me. That's my confession. I'm moving forward. Last thing, I'm done. I remember my first, this is going to help somebody, my first year or two, married. And this is not true for everybody, so I, I'm always very careful not to project my experience on others. And, and don't let other people do that to you. Like, oh, yeah, when you get married, it's going to be like this. No, don't, don't, don't allow that. But I'll just say, for me, my first year or two, our first year or two, it was tough, right? And uh, I remember the Lord, I mean, we got into some heated arguments. Some tough arguments. And then the, the D word would come out. It's a long word, okay? The divorce. <laughs> anyway, renew your mind, people. And I remember the Lord dealt with me. Yeah, you guys, man. We're in church. I remember the Lord dealt with me about that. Don't ever use that word. Don't ever use that word because you're projecting something into your marriage that is going to be a harvest that you're going to reap. Watch your confession. I remember we had a conversation. Said, Listen, we are married and we're going to stay married and we're going to find a way to make this work. And we're never going to talk this nonsense anymore. And we're going to watch what we say. We're going to guard what God has given because your mouth will rob you from what God has blessed you with. And we made that decision in the early part. No more using that word. No more entertaining that notion. No, what God has brought together, no man, including me and you, will put asunder. And so my confession of my marriage has always been, it's blessed. It's strong. We're growing in grace. We're understanding each other. We favor each other. Even when it didn't seem like it, even, it didn't, even if, when, it didn't, when we had to navigate rough waters, don't change your confession. I remember Ivy Hilliard said this, don't change your confession in a day of contradiction. There will be days of contradiction. There will be days where things won't look like what you believe. Don't change your confession. That's what causes you to move forward. That's what causes you to move forward. You gotta know how to take a punch. You gotta know how to fight. And the best way to fight is with your words, with your mouth. 
So I leave you with that in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your confession will not leave your heart. It won't, it won't, it won't evaporate. Satan won't steal it from your heart. It'll be in your mouth. I love it this way. When I think about how salvation is made out of confession of the mouth, keep using your words to save you from the situations that you find yourself in. Your mouth is your greatest weapon. You will move forward in revelation. Amen. Satan puts a word in your heart. You'll never get married. Start laughing. <laughs> That's a funny joke, Satan. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that it is not good for man to be alone. God has apportioned someone right for me. Brother Hagen tells a story how he was in the doctor's office, he and his wife, and the doctor says, you have cancer. He said, they, they both broke out laughing in the doctor's face. Now you got to be bold to do that. They both started laughing. Cancer was gone. Sometimes it's not even a confession of faith. It's a reaction that you have to have, a laughter. Laughing is, is one of the most, like, that, that's how you really make someone feel bad. You just laugh. <laughs> Such a kidder. I don't believe that. It'll never happen for you. <laughs> there you go again with those jokes. I, never, I will never believe that. It's taking a long time. <laughs> a day. I, I mean, the, the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord, a, a thousand days is like a day for the Lord. The Lord can expedite this situation in a second. I don't believe that. The Lord can accelerate my progress like that. I don't believe that. How do you, how do you move forward in Revelation? You've got to have a confession in your heart. That's how you stay strong in the name of Jesus. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.